Bible only healthy Christians and sick Christians? Which are you? You can't be a neutral one. Either you're healthy, you're growing, you're nurturing your soul in the Word, or you're sick. Do you know what most people in the churches I've pastored for 40 years, they have no appetite. I mean, they can't even find their Bible. They can't remember the last time they read their Bible. And when they did, they didn't understand it or even like it. It feels like a lead weight. It's just cold and boring and uh, they're sick. Okay? There are only two kinds of Christians, healthy and sick. So, how do you get healthy? This is just a quick overview. This is basic Christianity. I call it the Calvary Road to Holy Living. It's only when we're prompted by love. A lot of people try and crank up, you know. I'm going to read more. I'm going to memorize more. I'm going to go out and share the gospel more. I'm going to try harder. I'm going on a missions trip. It's just doing more stuff. You know what Jesus said? John 14, 21. There's another one of those bucket verses. This is a very good verse. You know what it says? He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. Jesus is talking. He that has my commandments and keeps them. He it is that loves me. And he that loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and we will reveal ourselves to him. Oh, what a verse. You know what that verse says? If I am prompted by love and want to know what God says, then God is going to go on an all-out effort to show more and more of himself to me. It's very individualized. The individual that has my commandments, the word of God, and keeps them. The word keep is treasures them. Did you know everywhere I go, I carry my Bible? I know I've got, you know, all 7,000 of my Logos resources on my phone. I have all the versions of the Bible. Every study Bible, it's all on here. But I don't know when the battery's going to run out. I need the word of God to live. Do you have his commandments and do you treasure them? And is God revealing himself to you? That's the first step. The second step is we have to be trained by grace. Do you know what Titus 2.11 says? By the way, I'm giving you my favorite verses in the whole Bible. This is the second one. This is what it says. The grace of God that brought you salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world, looking for the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you catch what it says? The grace that brought us salvation teaches us to deny ungodliness. Saving faith is life-changing faith. If Jesus has saved you by his grace, that same grace teaches us to say no to sin. Not completely, not perfectly, not endlessly. We're never perfect this side of heaven. We're all, we all should be the worst sinner we know. I don't know why you do what you do. I know why I do what I do. I know how much of the Bible I know. I know how much I, uh, you know, comfortably forget about at appropriate times. So I know how much of a sinner I am, but the grace of God that saved me is teaching me to say no to sin. Do you experience the grace of God teaching you to say no to sin in other words is there a decreasing frequency of sin in your life and an increasing frequency of responding to God my question is has he done that to you
Has he changed you from the inside out? Has he washed, renewed, regenerated? Has he changed your heart? That's the Calvary road to holy living. It has to be practiced daily. That's what Ephesians 4 says. I'm not teaching Ephesians, but Ephesians 4, 22, 23, 24 has the secret of the Christian life. Put off concerning the old man. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man which is created in righteousness in Christ Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be every day. That's what God wants. That's what he's doing. Some of us need to make sacred vows. Do you know what David said? Do you know why David is called the man after God's own heart? It's in Psalm 101. Let me get there, and I'm going to read it to you. David says in Psalm 101, this is his explanation of why he was such a servant of the Lord. And 101 verse 3, he said, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the works of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. He made a sacred vow. There are a lot of them. I only read that one in the 101st Psalm. David wrote psalms from every period of his life. This is from his youth. David decided he would not set wicked things before his eyes. He decided that he would not let that cling to him. And he wanted with all of his heart to love and serve and follow God. Sometimes we have to do what I already told you about, clear out the bad files, Hebrews 9.14. I told you, I read that verse to you, I quoted it to you. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience? He wants to clean out the old files so that we can reclaim boldness. Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near to God in full assurance of faith. Now, can you do that this morning? You're Bible college students. Now, Acts 17 says God is just an arm's length away from every one of us here. Some of you, I am not sure you're connected to God. But you know what? The Lord, your entire life, has been hanging around within an arm's length. All he wants you to do is reach out in faith to him. Just say, Lord, by the way, I, I read the, the Bible through once, looking at every salvation example. Jesus never led anybody to the Lord the same way twice. So you don't have to say any exact words. It's not a formula. It's the cry of a heart saying, I am lost, I'm a sinner, I can't save myself. Save me. In fact, that's what David says. Save me. Save me. That's what, how Luther got saved. Martin Luther laying on the ground in his monastic cell with his face on the cold stone and he said, I am yours, Lord, save me. Wow. That's not even in a gospel track anymore. And he changed the world. The Calvary Road to holy living reclaims boldness, renews our consecration. We present our members as servants to God. Shalom Alechem. Peace be upon you. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission. 
of truth. Many topics I want to get into today, um, or just many things I want to read today out of God's Word, but one of the main focuses is going to be the prophets portion for this week, uh, which means we're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 11 through 55, verse 5. That is uh, what the schedule calls for. Uh, the Torah portion this week is called Re'eh, which is Deuteronomy eleven twenty six through sixteen seventeen. But we're doing the Haftarah today, which is the prophets portion. Uh, so again, that's the book of Isaiah. We're going to look at that. I just want to read that verse from Titus uh, real quick to start to show that you heard that teacher uh, bring up. Uh, so it's Titus chapter two. Verse 11 through 14. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You see, it's, yeah, you've heard me say a million times, it's your works don't save you, your works demonstrate what you truly believe right? Like if you've truly trusted in Christ, you've truly believed in Christ, then you're becoming and you've become a new creation. And now you're, you're zealous for the good works, not because you're trying to earn salvation, but because of your salvation, you're zealous for these good works. You obey Christ not to earn favor, but because you love Christ right? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? We should be denying ungodliness, worldly lust, and living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, which we know to be wicked. And we happen to live in an age and in a time where evil and wickedness is honestly at a level I don't think it's been since the times of Noah. And that is just a fact. And as I've predicted, things are getting strange again. And uh, if you read my article from several weeks ago, or you've read my book that I wrote last year that just released, uh, then you've then you know I've been expecting them to do what they're doing right now uh, for a very long time. Here's the thing. Proverbs 18:10 tells us this. The name of Jehovah is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his own imagination. You see, those who have trusted in God, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, they run into that tower 
meaning they put their life in the hands of God and they are safe. And those, listen, right now there's a lot of people in positions of power and in positions of influence in Hollywood and sports and the music industry and politics. And they, look, they've got their walls, right? And they think, oh, my wealth and my power, that is, that's their tower. But the proverb says it's like a high wall in their own imagination. It's not going to save them from what's coming. We are resisting the world and we are denying all that ungodliness in this present world that we live in because while their strong tower is a figment of their own imagination, their wealth and their power, ours is the Lord and we're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. That's where our hope is. That's where your hope should be. I'll mention briefly this September is not far, right? We're in August now. Fall feast dates are rolling around and I say this every year and every year it's more and more true and that is that this is if there's ever been a fall feast to be on high alert it's this one. And of course, it's always that's been true every year. It becomes more and more true every year. Just to give you some dates. And this is according to the Root Awakening. They usually do a pretty good job with the dates. Yom Terah, the Day of Trumpets, of course. That uh, is determined. It's supposed to be determined by the moon. So we really don't know the day or the hour that Feast of Trumpets will actually start. But it should be around September 8th to sundown September 9th, right? So remember, these days, according to Scripture, run evening to evening, not the way we do it in the Western world. So September 8th at sundown till September 9th at sundown. That'll be the Feast of Trumpets. The Day of Atonements, or Yom Hapurim. It starts September 17th to September 18th, the Day of Atonement. And then that is followed by Tabernacles, September 22nd and 23rd. And that's Feast of Booths. It's the idea of dwelling with God. So what many believe, and I myself am one of them, is that on the... That Christ fulfilled the spring feast when he came the first time, right? Like Passover, right? He became the Passover lamb. But the fall feasts are still waiting. And we are, like Paul says in a Titus, we are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. And we're in this present world, this present age, and we're being bombarded right now with the things that we are to deny, the ungodliness, the, the lust, the, just all this evil. And of course, now we're also having pressure, more and more pressure, and more and more we're becoming the enemy in the eyes of society. 
This is, should not come as a surprise to us. Jesus said, if they hate you, remember they hated me first. In this world you will have trouble. All those who wish to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. These are the things the scriptures actually say. And so we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised to be hated. But I'm looking uh, towards these fall feasts this year with great anticipation and great expectation, as I do every year, and every year all the more. Uh, but I will admit that this is this year I'm looking at it even with greater expectation than in the past three or four. Uh, we go back to 2014 and 15. I was really looking, you know, really looking. Um, and I'm kind of in that place again where I'm just longing for the appearing and the salvation and, and to dwell with God. I'm, I'm looking for God to do something, to do something. And so, with that said, I'll just uh, end that part of the conversation by saying my plan, Lord willing, is to, like normal, to do a special podcast, maybe one, maybe two for trumpets and then another for atonement and another for tabernacle like I've done so many times in the past. So, be looking forward to that. Be preparing your hearts and minds for that time, which is basically a month away. And so be thinking about those things. All right. Well, and I'll just read out of Leviticus real quick um, before I finish that conversation and get into our prophet's portion. If you go to Leviticus chapter 23, I'm just skipping through to the fall feast. uh, Leviticus 23, 23 through 44. And it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, Shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also in the tenth day of the seventh month there shall be a day of atonement. There shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls, and Offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, and you shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord God. For whatsoever soul shall it be that shall not be afflicted, then that same day shall be cut off from among his people. And whatsoever soul shall be that doeth work in that same day, the same soul will I destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work, and it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. It shall be, a, be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and you shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at even. And from even to even shall you celebrate your Sabbath. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak it to the children of Israel on the fifteenth day of the seventh month. It shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. Seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And on the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and you do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, and a meat offering, a sacrifice, a drink offering, everything upon this day. 
I'm going to stop right there so we can get into our profits portion for this week. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of a preview and get you kind of thinking about that. And remember, we don't actually, you know, I believe that we are to, as Christians, to memorialize these feasts, right? Because they represent Messiah. All right. Let's switch gears here. We're going to read Isaiah 54:11 through 55:5, our prophets portion for this week, and I just pray in the powerful name of Jesus that it pierces your hearts, that it causes you to draw near to God, encourages you, and strengthens you in your faith this morning. Let's have a look. King James Bible, Isaiah 54 verse starting with verse 11. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempests, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stone with fair collars, and lay thy foundation with sapphires. I will make thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and thy borders of pleasant stone. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression. For thou shalt not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together. But not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. O everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Ye come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And ye labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me. And eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not. And nations that knew not thee shall run into thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. And so that is the prophet's portion that's on the schedule for this week. By the way, if you don't know what that what the Haftarah is or the prophet's portion, I give a pretty good explanation on my website. Just go and search for it uh, through the blog post. It shouldn't be buried too far down. You know, we talked about the at the beginning of the broadcast that the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into him and they are safe. He says, behold, I have created this. Well, first, let's go to this 
Um, behold, oh, no weapon. Verse 17. Or let's start with 15. Behold, they shall surely gather together. He's talking about the enemy. But not by me. Whosoever shall gather against thee shall fall for thy sake. One of my prayers every morning right now is, Lord, I pray that these people who are conjuring up all these evil plans for your people, I pray they fall into their own pit. God says, they're gonna, they're going to, they, you know, they shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. You know, we just, the other part of the proverb that we read was that the, you know, the, the wicked, their wealth is there. You know, we run into the Lord. He's our strong tower. Their strong tower is their wealth, but it's only in their own imagination, right? It's like, it's not real. It's their they're delusional. He says, Ho, that everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye by and eat, and ye, and come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. You see, God's the real strong tower. And it's not a figment of our imagination. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I want to go ahead and read John uh, this is the gospel portion that goes along with it, according to TorPortions.org. John 6, verse 35 through 51, because it goes right along with the same theme that verse 35 picks up. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all of which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at that last day. And the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which come down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then he saith he come down from heaven? 
Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. As it is written in the prophets, And they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save which is of God, hath he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven, and if any man eat this bread, he shall live forever and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. So my question then is for you this morning. Where is your hope and where is your faith? Is your hope in the solutions that the world's offering right now? Because let me just tell you, that's going to disappoint. That's going to end badly. Our hope is in the coming Christ. Our hope is that blessed hope that Paul is talking about here that we are looking for in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We can't be hoping for this world. It's passing away. Can you not see it? It's over. This world is falling. Where is your hope? Where do you get your peace from? What do you look forward to as your future, as your inheritance? Are you still clinging? Are you still white-knuckling this world? Or are you longing for the appearing of the great God? I hope you've been blessed this morning. I hope your hearts are pierced. The name of Jehovah, the name of the Lord, is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. Thank you for listening this morning. Thank you for praying for me and my family and this podcast. And thank you to those who are willing to support it, to help make it happen. It's getting harder and harder in the times that we're living in, with censorship and all those things. It could not happen without your help without your prayers of protection and without your support. So thank you for doing that. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.